pretty much when when the commencement of work started, then he asked for more time. Um, he asked, he, he he did say along the way that there was going to be variations and stuff like this, and and there was so many requests to variation that you have at some point you had to pick choose your battles. This is Property Investory, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset, and strategies. I'm Tyrone Sham, and in this episode, we're back with Lawrence D. Marcel, who balances a career in advertising with running a property consultancy business called One Level Up. Prepare to dive into an initial property venture where she skillfully manages challenges and witness her mindset transform as she now appreciates the tough decisions she's made. In an initial venture into construction, Dimasel and her partner encountered numerous challenges while attempting to manage a difficult builder for the first project, who proposed numerous variations and even threatened to stop work. That first deal was the most challenging one, not only because it was the first, uh, but because um, the builder was incredibly hard to manage. So when we when we decided that construction or being a consultant in construction was going to be our vehicle, um, my partner Nat went to TAFE and, and learned building construction for a year. So she actually came out with a certificate for in building construction. Not that she wanted to be a builder, but it's more around credibility, like education, being able to talk to the builder, knowing when they, you know, kind of bullshit you or not, or when it's reasonable. So, and as and as women in in this industry, it was also important, you know, to build that credibility. Um, and first first deal that builder was he was ticking all of the boxes before before the work actually started. He was really responsive, reasonable in price. Um, had great ideas in how to reduce the the build costs and stuff like this. Awesome. Yeah, it sounds great. I mean, it sounds like a dream too <laughs> too good to be true. And that's what it was. Um, pretty much when when the commencement of work started, then he asked for more time. Um, he asked he, he he did say along the way that there was going to be variations and stuff like this, and and there was so many requests for variation that you have at some point you had to pick and choose your battles. So some of them were, all right, this one is really unreasonable. It's a it's a no go. And then it was also threatening us to stop working. So when you've got a builder saying this, you kind of look at cost analysis, right? What does that mean if you stop working? If you stop working one week, three weeks, five weeks, you know, like what does that mean for your own project? So so we really picked our battles, um, agreed to some, and then refused some. And some of them are were due to the contract because the not the contract but the inclusions were not as strong as we thought it was it, it was so going back to reading contracts and building that experience we would not have the same challenge now because we've got a few years of experience right but being our first there's some stuff in the contract and the inclusion that we over oversaw and then he was able to just say, well, here, see, this was not included, so the variation is, is a must. So when it was that case, we said, well, not cool, but all right, we'll pay. And then when it was something completely unreasonable, we, we pushed back. But 
It sounds like a lot, but when we look back at the project, I think the total of in variation was only 15K. So that's not much, um, but we know now how to respond. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, even 15K, depending on how the large the project is, still profit, you know, at the end of the day. And it's something, that you, you know, you can't look smallly on like, and it was less about the money and more about the process. Like we always talk about, you know, a journey to get there. <clears throat> like he was, he was really hard to manage. And at some point, the site manager who's different than the builder, you've got the guy who kind of lead the contract element. And then you've got the guy who actually comes on site and check the progress of your, of your site. This guy was turned out to be you know, verbally aggressive as well and, and abusive. So this journey was hard. Despite the initial frustration caused by this situation, Demacel has taken away the importance of resilience in the construction industry and now carries these lessons with her on her journey. We learn about everything, our mistakes, what we did well, what we did, what we did wrong, and then and then we've we've put some stuff in place um, afterwards to try to not be in that situation again. But looking back at the due diligence, because I would recommend to everyone to do due diligence with everyone that they work. And to be honest, I would not have changed the due diligence that we did because literally, like we called his tradies, we called his clients, you know, like there was good good review and stuff like this. So I think the due diligence was right, but he turned, I think he turned because of COVID as well. That was literally the first time we were talking and I, I think he turned. Entering the property development arena can be challenging for many with a daunting task of choosing the right area and securing a deal. Unfortunately, DMSL didn't face this dilemma. Thanks to a valuable mentor who provided crucial guidance. So this one was a single dwelling because the, the, the mentor that we have said, start as small as you can and then build up. Well, there's nothing smaller than, than a single dwelling, right? So we, we started with that. And then we knew, you know, we looked at all of the all of the document around what you can do, can cannot do, so the time planning, stuff like this, so the DCP, yes. You, you said and whatever else. Um, so we knew what type of site we were looking for, and then after a few months, we 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 knew also the area where the the figures would stack up, um, and then and then it's really about property searching. Once you've done the area research, you've done your figures, then it's really around what property will fit all of this, and then after a few months, we. Um, we we found it. It was auction based, so a bed, which was the easiest part. You know, we winning winning the auction is the easy part. Uh, making sure that you make the profit at the end is the hardest. But um, so we were successful in the auction, and then we started construction. Okay. And how long did that project roughly take, even with a few of the delays? I think a little bit over two years. Despite encountering challenges throughout the first project, Demacel achieved an impressive profit, reinforcing her confidence in the effectiveness of the chosen strategy. We probably bought the property 1.2, um, construction and and some of the strategy costs probably 600. There's obviously other costs around that I'm, I don't have in my mind, but uh, you know your bank, your your all of your all of your um, professionals, your architect private certifier you have obviously paid also for the for the council contributions and stuff like this um what i do remember though is the amount that we made at the end and then the percentage because because figures are what they are but but the percentage is something that gives you perspective so 
even though that project was hard on a daily basis, we made 500k over two years, pure pure profit. Excellent. And that's really when we realized that, wow, it works. And it works on a single dwelling when everyone was saying, you're not going to make money. And we knew we would, we just didn't realize how much we were going to make. And obviously COVID helped us in, in the process, right? Yes. And so from a margin perspective, I think it's 25% margin. That's an excellent margin for, you know, just to be able to do your first project too, you know. <laughs> first project, single dwelling. Um, so yeah, that worked out. The outcome was really good. The journey was difficult, but the outcome was really good. It's always like that, isn't it? You know, you got to enjoy the journey as they always say, whether it be good or bad. <laughs> if not during the time, at least afterwards, so you can make a, you know, you can, you can learn from it, but yeah. Absolutely. And would you say this particular journey or this particular scenario was one of your worst or most challenging times or have you had other challenging? Yeah, okay. <laughs> yes, other challenges, but nothing compared to this, nothing. So when you say he was quite difficult to deal with, was it because also too um, there was a lot of delays too and the way he, he sort of you know, acted towards you and your partner? And he tried to cut corners as well. Like there was, there was, um, you know, in the in the specs, there were some stuff that were supposed to be in steel, like the stairs, for example, were supposed to be steel. And then when that when when uh, to check the side, they were actually putting timber. And you're like, and see if you're not if you're not there, you don't you don't see it. So as soon as she saw that, she just told the traders to just stop, call call the call the the sign manager to sort it out, but. And he changed, he changed, you know, he went back to the contract and what we said, but see, like they knew, they knew what they were doing. They were trying too bad that time that didn't work. Um, but it was that like on a, on a, that was obviously a massive topic. Uh, but these little things here, here and there on a regular basis, just trying to cut corners. It's also very tiring and emotionally draining as well because you're constantly having to go and check. It's time consuming, it's draining because you don't know what's going to happen today and, and yeah, and every, every, everything you need to fix takes energy and time and you have to convince the other party because, you know, every other day, oh, well, I'm done, I'm done working. Mate, you've got a contract, so you cannot just stop working. Yeah. And it rained a lot that year. And again, you just see the numbers, you know, you just, you just know how much the project costs per day. So you just want to get it done as quickly as possible. Of course, yeah, that's the biggest challenge. So this single dwelling, how many bedrooms, bathrooms? A little bit more details around it. Five better, three bathroom, two car parts. Oh, that's pretty big. Did you, did you sell sell that off, or have you have you kept that one? No, no, we sold it. We sold it for profit. Take the money in and to do it again. So. DMSL reflects on the evolution of these property ventures starting with a single dwelling and overcoming challenges. With an initial focus on slow and steady growth, she now manages three simultaneous projects, expanding into duplexes and exploring opportunities beyond residential developments, which include commercial properties. Not, not every year because this was our first, during the first, we only had that one because that was so time consuming that you, we really didn't want to have anything else at the same time. So it was it was really the snow um, the snowball, right? You, you not only start small, but you start slow and then you build up. So now we've got three at the same time, but in total, there would be, I think since we start, it's five, five development between us and our clients. And then we also look at commercial property. So we're not only doing resi, we're also looking at commercial property. All of the other ones are duplexes, 
and and um, a bit further away from Sydney because Sydney when when Bezuk. Um, and then, and then our, our the client that we service as well didn't have the you know the 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 capital to be in, to be in Sydney as well. So we had to go a little bit further, but um, all duplexes. And how long have those taken to build? Roughly about the same time or quicker now? Probably about the same time, to be honest. Um, there's one right now that we're doing with the fast track in New South Wales, so what we call the CDC. But the other ones, we we had to do the the DA process and. And that takes at least six to eight months anyway. So there's a big chunk of the project where, not that you're waiting, right? But, you know, there's a little bit of work before going to the council and you're basically kind of waiting. So um, the fun is really when the construction starts. Oh, no, I agree. I think it's just once you get shoveled into the ground and you turn dirt, then you go, wow, we're actually seeing it progress. But if it's just sitting there waiting for council to approve, it's a lot of holding costs, a lot of time waiting. It's painful. I know. (laughs) So the only way really to reduce that is if you can go with the fast track, but then the fast track, there's some requirements on the side that you need to, and it's like ticking boxes. So you just have to make sure that you find these ones. And if you can, then you you just use a side that has a DA. You know, you'll make money anyway. It's just going to take a little bit longer. Coming up after the break, Dima Cell shares a valuable habit she adopted during COVID-19, one that continues to play a crucial role in her life and yields significant benefits. The only thing you could do really was go for a walk. We we started to walk every day and listen to, to podcasts or, or book through audio book and stuff like this. So She reflects on the priceless advice she told herself 10 years ago, offering a beacon of guidance through life's challenges. Just trust, trust yourself that you are resourceful, that, you know, whatever decision you make, you're going to make the most out of it anyway. Instead of attributing her experiences to mere luck, she shares that she has shifted her mindset to recognize and appreciate the outcomes as a result of her hard work. And then for luck, I'm not really using that word anymore. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, I'm creating my own opportunities. And that's next. I'm Tyron Sham and you're listening to Property Investory. In the course of her property journey, Dima Cell's greatest revelation extends beyond monetary gains. Recognizing the profound impact of mindset, she emphasizes the significance of effective communication, people management, and personal growth. Well, obviously, money money is great. Not that we are not that we are enjoying it that much because we're always reinvesting. Um, but the, it's it's the mindset that comes with it. Like when we joined that network. Um, as she said, it's 20% mechanics, so education around property and stuff like this. And it's 90% or 80%, sorry, mindset. And when we said, really, that sounds like a, you know, very disproportionate. And, 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 and it's kind of true, to be honest, because you have to be ready to accept the challenge. You have to be able to um, manage people and everyone has their own concern and you know everyone has their own life and, and challenges and so making sure that you're you've got an effective communication like I've learned a lot about communication for example and even though I learned it in the the, the real estate side of things I'm using it in in at work and in my personal life as well so there was a lot there was a lot there was a lot to learn and I think we've 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 come a long way and 
like everything is, you know, it's working progress. Uh, but the journey from a from a mindset perspective has been has been massive. Dima Cell shares a habit she adopted during COVID nineteen, detailing how this daily ritual has not only transformed her mindset but also reshaped her outlook on perceived failures. So I'm not so much of a reader, but I'd like to I'd like to listen. And one 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 habit we got from from COVID when we were all locked up, the only thing you could do really was go for a walk. We we started to walk every day and listen to to podcast or or book through audio book and stuff like this. So I've listened a lot of things in the morning uh, and every day, you know. And when they say you know, Tim, uh, Jim Jim Roy is Jim Roy and Tony Robbins are two people, and one was the mentor, as the other one. So that's in- interesting. Um, they I listen a lot of on of, of their content on YouTube. For example, so every morning I listen to that. So the repetition, the oh yeah, that makes sense. The oh they're saying this. Let me look at my life. Oh yeah, actually that makes sense. And see all everything I was telling you before. Like I was grateful to have you know stunning to come here, or I made that decision in my in my studies that have changed my life forever. And and before I kind of felt like a failure by changing course in my studies. I said, oh, that means you didn't, you know, you didn't finish your law degree. Well, I did finish it, but I could have gone more and, and be a lawyer. And I said, well, yeah, but look at where you are now. And and that is is actually a massive, it's a massive step to really see your things that you think were failures. And now you're like, well, actually, they're not. They were just, you know, part of, part of um, what make me who I am now and kind of like myself, to be honest. Um, well, I'm a, good, I'm a good person anyway. I'm not perfect, right? but I'm a good person um, and, and always wanted to improve and, and get to my goals. Now I'm very clear on my goals. Before I was kind of, you know, I'll, I'll live live and enjoy it, but I didn't have a goal as per se. So now I'm a lot more driven. I was hardworking. Now I'm driven. Dimasel discusses the process of finding and selecting impactful content, providing examples of the most influential material she gauges with. On YouTube, I kind of type a topic or someone and then I listen to it. So it, it's not always a book. It could just be a portion of, of a conference that Tony has done, for example. So in terms of in terms of books that you know that everyone would know is poor dad, rich dad. Um um, there was another one as well. Um, oh, I forgot the name of the one that Jimro has done. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, he's done a few books. I can't remember it as well too, but I think I know who you're talking about. Or, or even Napoleon Hill, like think, you thinking Grow Rich, like these big names um, um, I've listened to mostly on, on podcasts, but it's a lot of a lot of YouTube videos on a specific topic. It's between between 10 to 10 minutes to two hours. Uh, and then I listen to this. It's, it's less about the it's less about the book as per se, but it's more about what content do I need this morning, for example, to make sure I'm going to have a good day. She reflects on the advice she would give her younger self, encouraging trust in the decision making process and embracing the unknown. Oh, look at you! You look so great. Um, um, I would probably not start with that, but anyway, um, I would say I would probably say. I would probably not want to give myself a clear idea of what the future looks like, but I would probably encourage myself to 
make whatever decisions I want to make. Um, and, and, um, 10 years from now we were still in Paris, so we wouldn't have been here yet, but it's like, just trust, trust yourself that you are resourceful, that, you know, whatever decision you make, you're going to make the most out of it anyway. Don't be, you know, don't doubt yourself too much. Just go for it and make the best out of it because it's going to work. No details, no details on what life would look like. Uh, but just that no, knows that, you know, you'll be, you'll be fine. So having that faith because, yeah, at that point in time, I remember you're saying that you're not certain, you're stalling about coming to Australia, all that. So maybe that, that kind of message to her would be like, okay, just trust the process. That's right. That's exactly right. And then looking forward to the future, and we've talked about this a little bit already, but um, I'd like to probably hear a little bit sort of the perspective. What are you most excited about, say, in five years' time? The reason why we're doing all of this, and again, property is the vehicle, um, is more around achieving our goals. So we are on our way to achieve our goals, but I want to, I want to be able to go back to France and, and take care of my parents, for example. Uh, if I had to do it now, I would have to quit my job here and, and, and put my life on pause to go there and take care of them. Well, if, if in five years time we get to what we want, I can actually do both. Yes. So what I'm excited about is being in the position one day and hopefully before five five years where I can do that. That's what drives me. Yep. Yep. That's why I can, you know, I can I can work how many hours my day job and then work on the business to 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 because I know it's there. I can feel it now. In order to envision the future she desires, Dear Marcel highlights the effectiveness of creating a vision board filled with images representing her aspirations, emphasizing its role as a powerful motivational tool. On that vision board, well, you've got what I just said, like my family being being with you know being with friends with family. Uh, there were a lot of different places that um, I want to go to from a traveling perspective. There were a few um, pictures around type of project that we wanted to build, like you know, nice facade for like three to six pack or whatever. Um, there were some not so much fancy warehouse but uh warehouse that would be profitable on the commercial side of things that we would want to hold because uh, passive income is the ultimate you know the ultimate good in order to do the traveling and and seeing family so yeah there would be anything related to what why am i doing all of this so family traveling and projects to get there nice and a figure a figure i'm not going to tell the figure but a figure of what i want to i want to hit in order to do that and that's the thing, we need to have that clear goal. Without that clear goal, we don't have a direction or we're not driven to what it is. So that's great that you've got that there. Probably share with us some of the places that you want to go to travel to. I'm just curious, you know, you don't have to name all of them, but just some of the places that you like to see. Yeah, all of them would be too long. Uh, Peru is one of them. Peru, Jordania would be one of them. Iceland, which is close to home. So, you know, it's, I think it would be easy where you can see, you know, the, the northern, northern lights. Lights, yes, the beautiful lights. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just that's just three of them, but yeah, there's 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 plenty. I think I think I might at the end of the year, I might be able to go to Indonesia with my parents. Um. So yeah, that's that's probably the next one. Why Indonesia? That's a interesting. The process is as followed: uh, countries that my parents didn't do, countries that I uh, that I didn't do. That's the first step countries that we want to do <laughs> and then 
And then is it something that is suitable for the three of us? So, and, and here it's, you know, it's allowing me to go back to France, spend some time with friends and family. And then on my way back to Australia, they can just come. It's, it's not halfway, but so these were the criteria of, of Indonesia. Nice. Uh, you'll have fun there. I've been there a few times, so <laughs> highly recommend it. Well, you've achieved a lot, Lawrence, um, and your journey's been a really, really interesting ride as well too. I guess wanted to ask you, you know, how much of your success is due to your skill, intelligence and hard work and how much of it do you think is because of luck? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so, we, we all have luck but it's one of the two words that I'm, that I'm stopping myself from using. Because, you know, again, going back to mindset, it's about creating your own your own opportunities, right? And if you do create them, then it's no longer part of luck. So so being busy and busy and busy, busy, I, I'm, I'm done saying this. I am, but now I'm talking about priorities. And then for luck, I'm, I'm not really using that word anymore. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, I'm creating my own opportunities. So changing the wording, change the meaning, and it's more empowering. So I would say a lot comes from us, either from a, from a skill perspective, from a journey on the mindset, and, and yeah, just taking responsibility on what works and, and what doesn't. Definitely. So create your own opportunities. There's no, really, there's no such thing as luck for you. You know, and there's no right or wrong. There is, but I just don't want to use it because it's just, it takes the power away and give it to the universe, and I'd rather take it, take it back. Take control of your destiny. That's right. Thank you to Lawrence D. Marcel, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. Story. 